welcome back, Ag Watchers, to another country. I mean, Ag Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got a special guest with us today. We've got a uh, Warwick Long, the uh, the forthcoming host of the Country Hour in Victoria. There's a bit of a story about how Warwick came on here. He was he was a bit worried and a bit nervous about moving up to the big time from Melbourne to the, uh, you know, hosting full-time the country hour. So he started looking around for some professionals. He said, I need to get some advice from the professionals. So he called all of them, but they were all busy. So so he got us and, and he thought, well, I'll learn what not to do from these guys. <laughs> Warwick, thanks for coming along. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you very much, Weight Watcher. <laughs> And I know we've also got Matt, the uh, the livestock leader of, of the country. That's <laughs> it. Just finished an excellent course with livestock leaders from the Livestock Collective. That was fantastic. But um, welcome, Warwick. We're, we're actually very excited uh, to have you on. Obviously, um, we've had the, 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 the gracious chance lots of times to speak to you from the other side. But um, now we're in the hot seat asking all the tough questions. And you're there for the, what, the first time ever, Warwick, um, with the spotlight on you. Yeah, it's not not often that I have been interviewed, so it is a bit of a nerve-wracking experience, actually. It's much easier asking the questions, I think, anyway. Especially when it's us, because you've got <laughs> no idea what we're going to say. <laughs> and, and you had to get permission all the way up to Ita Butros to get permission to come on the podcast. So so thanks, Ita, for giving us that permission. That was that was really appreciated. So, so you finished up today. Today was your was your last show in, in the big smoke of Melbourne during the, the conversation hour? Yeah. So uh, two years doing the conversation hour in Victoria, which was a, a reformatted show where basically they tried to take some regional issues and some big issues of discussions that you were having in Victoria and put it on air and see if Melbourne was interested in it and see if regional Victoria would still take part in it and not feel like they were being spoken to. So that's why I was part of that program, which was, so much fun it was a lot of fun to work with Rochelle Hunt but we finished that today and I also finished being the Goulburn Murray rural reporter which despite everything I've done at the ABC for 14 years has been my job for the last 14 years so pretty big day for me today so yeah and also I get to come on your podcast so there's well, the trifecta. Well, that's what I was going to say well clearly being the rural reporter is is now second place to being the uh being on ag watchers but but I like the conversation. I listen to the car quite a lot because it's it's quite diverse as well. Yeah, we we'd speak about things like Tourette's syndrome, <clears throat> things like working in a supermarket during COVID, to the changes in the food we eat and how it was being produced by by producers, to difficulties in getting fruit pickers, to anything you could name really. And that was. Honestly, one of the fun things about the show is is getting the chance to talk about things like duck season and kangaroo hunting to a Melbourne audience and trying to put their misconceptions and their opinions as well up against the people who were doing it and creating a space where a kangaroo shooter might ring into your program because often they'll be scared to ring into a, a program or discussion about their industry on the ABC, but also have the space where the people who are against the industry are, are happy to call in too and put up their point of view too. So I think we achieved that. It's one of those things where you never know if you're getting it a hundred percent right and you need to take risks. And uh, it, yeah, it was, it was fun to have that chance to try and explain those complex ag issues and the complex regional issues to a, a city audience. And I think that helped me become a better reporter too, to try and learn how to explain those things to a wider audience by 
but still trying to keep some credibility with the people who are doing it because that's yep. the hard balance, right? The, um, the, fantastic what you said there as well. And I'm just thinking too that um, my sister in, in urban Melbourne listens to the, the conversation now too and she was mentioning when you got on it. I'm surprised it's actually two years where I guess it's gone quick, but she used to say, oh, yeah, she said, I, speak, oh, I listen to Warwick Long every day and blah, blah. And I said, I oh, know Warwick's a good old mate, um, but I'm going to take, take a picture of this uh, recording we're doing and flick it across just to, <laughs> just to annoy her. But um, I was going to ask you before we... And, and, and met... so, so Warwick's hit the big time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was going to ask you just before we move on, because you've obviously got loads of stories and a, and a long career um, in, in journalism and in the X space. So we're interested in, in some of your, your key stories that really stuck in your mind. But um, before we go to that, were there, um, were there any tears made at the you know, end of an era? Was there, or was it, are you just, you know, point, once you've pointed the boat in the right direction, you just full steam ahead? Oh, no, it's a, no, all of the above, mate. That's what happens. No, no tears though, but it is a funny melancholy feeling um, when you change a job that you've been doing for a long time. And I think you guys would probably feel the same way too. And anybody who's left, the land, which is obviously a bigger thing if you've got family connection, they've, they've felt that too. And and today did feel like the closing of a chapter and the Melbourne text line. So we get text messages and everybody's opinion on everything we say and do. So if I mispronounce one word, I can guarantee three texts will come in telling me that I have made a mistake and that I should probably reconsider my career. Uh, you also get a lot of love in these situations. It's easy for, to forget how much love you get. But today, there was plenty of that people saying you know farewell or best wishes or we wish you weren't going and and uh, you're not human if you don't let some of that get to you so a little bit of that but I'm pretty excited about the change too so it's all of the above I think at the moment so so in in 14 years of of presenting on all sorts of rural things especially Murray Goldburn's been a an area of massive change from water to dairy to to everything what's what's been the what's been the big story that's that's picked out to you over that 14 years? What's the one that you're most memorable? Do I have to pick one? Oh, I just, just you can pick one. You know, just like... <laughs> we've already we've already got one, Warwick. We've already we're going to spring one upon you, but um, we want to see, see if our version of the biggest, most groundbreaking story you've ever got out there is is the same as our our view. Well, the, for first thing, the, the biggest thing I've ever covered, uh, and I think many people would agree with events in their their own part of the world was the Black Saturday bushfires, oh, which was sure, yeah, the yeah, first sure. um, first emergency broadcasting I ever did for the ABC was Black Saturday, and and that know, was that was probably when you started your career. Yeah, you I'd only been, I think I was four years into my career, but yeah. we never had a major fire like that in the time I was reporting, and we were getting talkback calls from Marysville in the middle of the night oh. of people wondering where their friends were and it was chaotic the abc hadn't quite worked out how it was emergency broadcasting to the extent it had now and so it was just a completely different environment and i'm i just never forget that but in terms of other major stories the other big event from that period of time that i always remember because i just think it describes how great rural reporting is and how awesome this why i love this job so much was when the gm moratorium was lifted in victoria okay. uh, i'd been to an event you know been to a number of events as you do as a rural reporter and one of the farmers i chatted to had had some trials on his property and i said to him look are you going to grow gm canola when it when it comes through and he goes yeah 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 i'm planning on putting it into the rota- rotation this year and i just asked him to give me a call when he got his seed and was going to plant and he turned out he was the first in Victoria to be putting any in the ground. And so this momentous moment for Victorian agriculture was happening. And it was me in a paddock near Yarrawonga 
him and his tractor and no one else around. I think I saw one car drive past and I was sitting in the tractor the whole time thinking, this is a huge change to what we eat and what we grow and how agriculture is done. And I'm the only person here. And the so next day, that, yeah, that story yeah. blew up. The aides were ringing me trying to get the guy's number and helicopters were flying out there from TV stations. And I didn't realise it was going to be as big as it was. And it was such a fun story. See, see Warwick, did, Warwick, Warwick doesn't read newspapers. He makes hit newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, um, did you win a Walkley for that particular story, Rob no, Warwick? No, I'm terrible at actually entering any award. I'm too lazy to do it. And I don't think I care enough about them in the first place. But... Um, but yeah, no, it was such a such a cool moment. And New South Wales lifted their moratorium at the same time. And I think two weeks later, there was a reporter up there doing a similar story and in Western Vic as well. But it was just cool to be there right at the start of that industry. See, I've got another story, which I think we had something to do with. And I think you were also, you've not, you've not put it in the same sort of, state as being the, the first day but I think you were one of the first ones to cover it and, and I think you did a fantastic job and look I'm surprised you didn't put it up there as your as your second after Black Saturdays and it was a recent one it was only a year ago and you forgot about it already at the IBS conference are we talking pigeon milk here guys <laughs> <laughs> that's one <laughs> Some of some of the listeners may not be familiar. Do you want to give us a quick recap for what that what that particular one was? It was the winner of the uh, award there, wasn't it? In Aves for the pigeon milk, and, and yeah. deservedly so. So that that was hilarious. I got to the Aves conference, which we the ABC Rural Reporters host some of the sessions of, and and so forth. And it's where I've seen you guys a lot, a lot in the past. And I get there to the first day of the actual conference and the dinner was the night before. And you two pull me into the corner and say, you need to speak to that lady over there. She's got a fantastic story to tell. She researches pigeon milk. And I've looked at you incredulously. And I remember actually seeing, I think I said to you about 10 times, are you guys serious? Is this, is this really a thing? And I didn't believe you for about 20 minutes, I don't think, until finally I got the courage to go and walk over and meet Megan Craven, who was a fantastic researcher of, of pigeon milk and what it could do. It could be a cancer cure in the future. It could help things like uh, vaccines and so forth in the, in the pig industry. But I knew none of that at the time. But she was researching the uh, characteristics of pigeon milk and how it's produced. And uh, yeah, that story went to a lot of places as well. So I have you two to thank. And this is probably me repaying it by coming on this podcast. Well, I tell you what, Andrew, now that just shows when you're in the when you're in the company of greatness, Andrew. Now, listeners, we absolutely sprung this on Warwick, the pigeon milk story. And it, all the stories you do day in, day out are across a whole range of stuff, Andrew, he was able to pull that name, Megan Craven, out of his head immediately. He's either made it up or what, but he's got it. He, he sounded very convincing. And I was very impressed, Warwick, that what, you must have a memory like a vault to be able to pull these things out at, at will. <laughs> no, the, my memory is shocking, but for some reason, I don't. You don't forget the big ones, do you? And and thanks to you too, that was that was certainly a big one. And and you know, the big part of my career now is is owed to you guys giving me some ah, great ideas. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think you'd have made it into the country if it wasn't for that. <laughs> so, but but the other thing I want to say, Matt, is I just want to say that. It took Warwick 20 minutes 
to realise we were being serious. And, and, I, and I think that maybe says something about our credibility. That he, <laughs> I don't know why. I think So Agwatches, I would have thought, is immensely adding to our credibility to show we're serious. Um, so we're serious people in the ag space, Andrew, and we're serious. Serious we, professionals. We, I don't, we're trying to emulate the likes of, you know, Warwick Longs and, you, and you, Nikolai Bellharts and, yeah, Angus we want to Barry. be up. Yeah, all those ones, you know. We want to be up there with your Clint Jaspers of the world and everyone, yeah, and uh, and uh, Cass Sullivan's, and you know, there, there's so many to look at and just you know, starry-eyed. But and we just we listen and we look and we try and learn, and that's why we got Warwick on too, just to to show us the way. Happy to help where I can, guys. So and, what and about now? I was just <clears> going to say that Warwick, like obviously, it's a, it's a long it's a long career, and you're about to take a new chapter in in uh, hosting the victorian country Hour. is it right that i that i recall somewhere on twitter saying that you're you're the first victorian country Hour presenter from a regional area is that right yeah it's a, it's a big change uh, i think a lot of that to, is to do with technology but then a little bit has had to to work with the confidence of of people you know working in remote areas and being able to do um do their work when i started at ABC Rural, back when the Country Hour host was sick, I'd often get the call and have to drive to Melbourne in the morning to present from Melbourne rather than being allowed to do it from Shepparton. So it's been a big change in recent years. Um, I'm not the first regional-based program. Toowoomba is where the Queensland Country Hour has come from for the last couple of years now. Uh, yeah, Ali Felton-Taylor and, and Amy Phillips do a fantastic job up there. But, yeah, the Victorian Country Hour host has never come from a regional area and Where, if, if, where's the wa done one done wa's out of perth yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's regional yeah <laughs> oh, i'll leave that to you <laughs> so warwick give us a so it's been a long while and, and maybe for for listeners that haven't followed your career all the way through like andrew and i have um do you want to give us a, a bit of a how did you break into the you know it was we straight from i mean you, you're a fairly young handsome looking fellow um but uh, you know did you break in straight away out of school into uh, into journalism is was it something you always wanted to do or did you just kind of stumble upon it somehow how does how did it work uh, a bit of both a bit of column a and column b so i grew up uh most of my junior years dad was in the army we moved around a bit but we settled on a property at at broadford and ran a stud beef operation there my sister is the farmer she's the full-time farmer now of the family went to dookie and now farms a few thousand acres in in new south wales and she was always going to be the farmer and i very much enjoyed doing a lot of the backroom stuff for the stud whether it be computer records or and i always did the dodgy jobs when we were going to shows and so forth because i was quite happily didn't think it was going to be my career but really enjoyed being in and around the industry uh and then when it came to university i didn't really know what i wanted to do i actually applied for a stock and station agent job i applied for a few other things and randomly got into university at bathurst with a radio degree essentially a media arts degree that uh focused on radio and out of that quickly came to shepparton for my work placement at sun fm and 3sr fm here uh, they gave me a job straight away to be their promotions manager which was great. I don't think I was quite ready to manage other people though and what they were doing at that stage of my life. But we started a sports program, another passion of mine on the on the station in Shepherd and there that's still running called the Curtain Raisers. We uh, did a lot of bunch of, they called me was it the work experience kid then. That was a, a lot of fun. And then I knew the, through my wife, I knew the rural reporter here before, uh, before me and Melanie Sim is her name. She was a fantastic reporter. And she sent out the email one day saying that she was going to move to Honduras for a year to teach English. And would we come to their farewell party? And I 
said yes, but we'd also I'd also like to do your job and <laughs> fell, fell into <laughs> fell into doing the job on a short term contract. Got the job full time here and have been here at the ABC covering a, a rural stuff which I already had a passion for, but. Beef cattle is very different to irrigation and grains and fruit growing and everything else that I had to learn about, but also uh, then got to learn that, got the opportunity to report on it and haven't looked back. It was a lot of fun. So, so we've done all the good stuff now, all the nice bits. <laughs> yes. So in, in all your years, 14 years, ABC, look, it gets a lot of slack, a eh, flack, sorry. And like, uh, like we, we use social media not a lot and we see a lot of comments like, you know, ABC, get rid of it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Matt and I get a lot of flack. Uh, quite often we get, you know, various people, anti-GM people or anti-livestock people who who call us words that upset us. And, you know, we've got very soft skins and it's and I take it to bed every night after I've been called an FNC or whatever else, or an effing seeing Scotsman, but, or an effing seeing Irishman. But anyway... Uh, it's but, the biggest insult. The, the Irishman insults the biggest. I, I, I don't mind the F and C bit. It's the Irishman I don't like. Uh, <laughs> but what? What? Have you ever been on the receiving end of of that type of vitriol? Oh, you, you get you get a lot of that. I think just by being a public figure, which you guys are when you're talking. Oh, jeez. Stop, worry, stop. Here's that. Here's that. Ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> This is what you learn, though. As soon as you start putting yourself out into the world on social media or anywhere, you do open yourself up to to that kind of uh, vitriol. And you get, we've got the text line. I'm very active on Twitter, Facebook, and other things as well. There are ways for people to find you and tell you that they don't like what you're doing. And you, and that's the stuff that you remember, right? So you can have so much positive interaction with people on any sort of form of media it's the one where someone's having a real dig a personal dig at you that you remember and that can really get to you uh it takes a, a lot of confidence you got to learn that and i think working at the abc is great because i just can't respond i think how i would have wanted to particularly when i was a lot younger i would have loved to have fired back at a few people who i would have felt were unjustified in in their criticism of me but you learn, I think, being at the ABC to know that that's actually going to affect me more than it will them. So you learn actually to sort of sit back from it and let it go away. And if you don't respond with it a lot of the time, a lot of those people just disappear. They won't continue to attack you as well. So that's been that's been good. And you learn, I've, I've learned this before I went to the conversation hour, but it even helped being there that you, you can't take yourself worth from people's messages on the text line or people's messages on social media. You need to know why you're doing what you're doing. You need to have confidence that you're doing it in the right way. And when I work with young uh, presenters, I often say you need to find your centre, like that, have that belief in why you're doing what you're doing and how you're doing it and the, the rules that have been placed around that. And if you believe that, you, you can sort of get over a lot of the criticism and don't get me wrong. Some of it is warranted. And that's what I like about being in social media is sometimes you get something, not when it's a personal attack full of swearing, but often when it's someone saying, why did you do this? Or have you thought about this? And that's what I love about that feedback is it makes you a better reporter and it helps you gain a lot more knowledge. Yeah. I've never had think, that. Uh, it's always been thing, wrong. The thing, <laughs> the thing, the, the point you made there was fantastic though, Warwick. And I think though, um, and Andrew was saying too, that, that I, I guess you call them the vocal minority that 
that often, more often than not, are probably on a regular basis always negative. But then it's days like today when you when you finish up on 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 the uh, conversation hour, say where where you get then the groundswell of all the, the what's usually the silent majority coming through and just you know saying the nice things that, that they're, they're going to miss you and good luck and all that kind of stuff. And I presume you saw that today, um, where you get the opportunity to sometimes hear the those bits of positive feedback that kind of you don't then you realise how much how much what you do and what the ABC does and what people at ABC Rural do particularly for regional communities, it's, it's just a, despite some of the stuff you see on social media about the ABC, it's just such a vital and useful service, not just during times of crisis like bushfire, but, you know, people out in the bush, uh, we rely on it, you know, and it's, um, it's part of our community. And so I think, you know, today's like today is when you, when you get to really understand that when you're getting all those good things coming through. And I, I think one of the things I would say, that I've said to a lot of people who have said we need to cancel the ABC, is bluey <laughs> like yeah. it's 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 more than worth the whatever it is we pay per year in in taxes into it just bluey no offense work you know no, i love bluey <laughs> like, like like that's that's practically covers my babysitting for the year <laughs> and look that's the people attacking the abc can be seen as really bad and you don't like it when you're an employee there you like to remind people we're much bigger than just the one program that you dislike you mightn't have liked an interview on 7 30 or another program doesn't mean that you need to cancel all of the abc we provide a service in so many wide and varied ways and what comes with that though is you can't just pick and choose the bits you like and say you need to defund all of that and keep all i like you need to sort of take it as a whole and try and be part of that. It's really easy to get in touch with presenters at the ABC now or reporters and give your point of view. They're not always going to take that on board, but I, I think if you're part of the process, you'd be surprised how much of an impact you can have on issues rather than just screaming that it should be defunded all the time. And the one thing I like, I suppose, about that debate is it shows we're at least important, right? People are listening. People, even if they're angry at what we're doing, people are, are taking in part of what taking part of what we're doing and interacting with it, and wanting us to either do better or talk about things in in uh, talk about things that are important to them. So you know, I think you've got to take that as a good <coughs> sign as well as a bad sign in a weird way. Um, but maybe that's just the Stockholm syndrome of getting so much <laughs> so much criticism over the years. But I I really believe that. Was it WC Fields or May West or someone like that that said, I'd rather have good publicity or bad publicity. I don't care as long as it's publicity. So it better be talked about than not talked about at all. Something like that, I suppose. <laughs> it, it seems from the outside, yeah. We, we, we have the chance quite often to, I'm going to say talk, but gossip with a lot of ABC journals. But there seems to be almost like a shift of, of seats probably in the last 12 months. Like there's a lot more... I would say youth coming in, like that sort of, you're probably the same generation as me work. You know, we're, we're millennials. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I can see what's coming here. Yeah, not like, uh, not like old me, would you? <laughs> Unlike some other people around here. Uh, but, but you know, it's, it's, it's an odd, like you, you look at the people who are doing rural, like Calf, you, Angus, um, Matt Brown, who's moved on to, to, to Landline. Um, so it seems like there's, there is more youth coming in and it's a different sort of viewpoint, which I think is good as well, because it attracts an expanded audience. 
Oh, yeah, no, exactly. And you see this in waves a lot of the time. Sometimes you can be sitting there in rural, and I certainly felt this as a young reporter, and I know others have felt it at various times since then as well, where you think, oh, everyone's in their job forever and nothing's ever going to change. And then you see these big waves. And I think a lot of workplaces are going to be similar to this after COVID. A lot of people have probably reevaluated where they want to be or where they want to live and have moved on. You see that happen too. But I love different generations coming through. So much of media is changing. When I started, ABC Rural was really the country hour. Uh, sort of now it's so much more than that. Landline is much more closely connected to ABC Rural than what it once was. And technology has helped with that too. Reporters are rural reporters are getting stories on the TV news now. Uh, online stories have lifted in standard and are finding a bigger audience now. And to people, the people who drive that forward are always the next generation that are coming through that are hungry in a, in a job thinking, oh, how can I test this? And it's their way of looking different to say the older reporter who's become really experienced and really good at doing one specific thing. So, you know, then I have no doubt the next ABC Rural Reporters are going to be some of the best TikTokers or whatever social media platform I haven't even heard of yet. I, re- I, and- reckon, that's, I reckon that's Clint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if anyone's doing a TikTok, it's Clint. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the guys who are going to take it to the next level. And that's great. That's great. And I love working with them. And they can get a bit of knowledge off me while I'm stealing as much knowledge about the new technology and how to use it from them. That's that's a really good environment to work in. And you don't and you want different generations working together, a bit like you two, hey? Well, that's that's sort of I don't know a boomer and a and a Gen Y, but, but the, other, the other thing that's interesting with ABC in comparison to like we, we we've talked to a lot of like the regional news companies, and and they've got a lot of young people who work in Ballarat or Shepparton or wherever else, but when you talk to them, they're there for a short period, and and their sort of plan is I'm coming here because I need to come here, but I want to go to Melbourne or Brisbane or wherever else but abc seems to be slightly different and that people actually want to be sort of they want to go rural they want to be abc and actually have a long career in that and i wonder i guess you know yeah and this is this is not meant to be offensive or anything take it take <laughs> oh, it take, take it take it how you want but it's almost like I, I like rural people and i like the rural industries and it's good but i guess as well as that it's easier to become like a big fish in, in that small rural pond than being somebody in that sort of city center sort of trying to get into that market there to an extent. That wasn't really a question. It was more of a point. <laughs> <laughs> I can respond to it if you'd like. Um, it's been a passion of mine actually at the ABC to try and show career paths for people to uh, stay in a regional area, but get a lot of opportunities. And it's something that sort of I fought for and I'm really happy now I'm leaving the conversation now. I was the first regional presenter presenting from a regional area that ABC Melbourne has ever had. And I'm the first one from a region to get a full-time gig on their, their station since Derek Gill, which was decades ago. And that, uh, that shouldn't have taken that long. I'm so glad that I was able to sort of chip away and, and get and in And then there. you quit. Yeah, yeah. No, and the next, the next guy, though, the next guy, Jonathan Kendall, is going to be based in sale and part of that program. So that's continuing. And I, if I stayed there forever, that wouldn't have happened. So that's yeah. really great. And I can go do the country hour and the statewide drive, which is another 
sort of big area of, of regional broadcasting that you see in, in areas. And it's great for people to see that as a career option and not think you have to go to Melbourne for everything. And we need more jobs out here. So I'm, I'm all for pushing for that. And whether that means you, you're acting like a big fish in a small pond, as long as you're doing something like that you love, I, I you, don't think it really matters. Are you trying to tell us, Warwick, that country folk are intelligent, articulate people? Yeah. Uh, Apart from you, Matt. <laughs> so I'm, re- I'm originally from the city, so that's why I'm Not uh, true. as am I am. Yeah, so. Well, that's exactly regional areas and this is why a lot of what we do has become a success lately showing this is we're showing because the stories are coming from regional people whether it be on the tv or the radio or even in rural press we all get on right we don't i don't hate people working at the weekly times because they work at a different company to me we're actually of all friends largely working in the same industry it can be competitive to get stories but we actually all get on really well but because these stories are now being told by people from regional areas and then going out, I think you're seeing a different side of regional Australia about one, how good things can be here, two, the industries that make a tick aren't always agriculture, they can be other things as well. And, and we're starting to show that a lot more. So I think it's a change that's happening and, and it's good. Not everyone notices that, but we'll keep working at it. I think, I think it's going to change for you a lot in the next couple of years as well, because demographic wise, you try and buy a house in country Victoria just now. And it's, they're going like, you know, I was going to say shit off a shovel, but I probably shouldn't, but I already did. Uh, but they're going pretty fast. Uh, and I guess there's going to be more and more city folk moving into country areas, which is something, you know, we've already experienced in the UK for the last 20 years is more and more city folk buying a hobby house or a hobby farm, doing their organic veggies. Oh, Matt, this is, this is, this is, this is describing you. This is another dig of me. This, this podcast has only been designed for Andrew to have, have a dig at me and shit stir me. Right? That's the only, it's the only reason we do it. But, 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 but it is going to change because your audience is going to be more and more less farmers. Well, there's still going to be farmers, but it's going to be more and more diverse views and diverse opinions coming out of, of, regional areas which i think is fantastic and that's the thing you got to remember with the country and people sometimes can be angry at our stories uh individual stories thinking oh you've got this fluffy story on about uh, a herb harvest somewhere that's not real agriculture compared to something that we might have had earlier on in the program uh about say production grains or dairy politics or something but it's all important and it's really this is one of the things I'm going to have to focus on in the in the new job is how you present that because radio isn't like the newspaper. You can't just turn the page if the story doesn't interest you and move on to whatever your focus in the world is. You need to make every story as interesting to the widest possible audience as possible. And that means we need those stories that interest people who are moving out and buying their house for the first time in a Bendigo or a Ballarat as well as someone who's heavily involved in farming who might be just tuning in for the markets or just tuning in for other information. I think, I think some of the lessons you've learned from conversation will massively assist with that because it was so diverse. Like it was, I remember listening to you talking about to somebody and it was really interesting. She was talking about her handwriting and she was from like a Benedictine monastery or something. And she'd, and it taught about how she wrote a letter back to her parents. And if she got a word wrong, she'd get slapped in the hand and told to restart it again. And I thought, geez, that's an interesting story. What, what a life. But, it, but it's diverse. <clears throat> and I think that's, that's, that's what we're going to see more and more often. So, so the future work, 
you know you've you, you've chopped and changed it's you've had, had your two years you know now you're gonna have the uh <clears throat> the, the, the country hour for the next x number of years 50 years maybe <laughs> i don't know not quite uh, but but one of the one of one of the big bits of feedback that i see often uh, about you um this is this is good it's positive feedback you know I'm, I'm, I'm i like to give positive feedback is every time you present the sunday show Marcus show the feedback is when are you going to take it over and do it full time <laughs> Is, it, is that on the horizon or, you know, because the Sunday show is a very different thing, isn't it? Like what you do. Oh, it's four and a half hours of radio. You get to pick your own music. The rule I put around that is it has to be Australian because the show's called Australia all over. Um, and you, that's it. That's all you get told. And then it's handed to you as, as something to present. And what an honor. Like that show's been going for 30 odd years as well with the one host with Macca. And look, yeah, there might be feedback asking me to do it, but can I tell you, there's a lot of love from <clears throat> there too. You mightn't feel like you see that on social media, but you certainly see it on the text line and you certainly experience it on the phone calls and when you're out in the community as well. But that is so much fun. I think that's the most fun you can have at the ABC just because you have An the time. Lover. <laughs> yeah, it's rural. It's rural and regional as well. You get to talk about things outside the city. You get to go anywhere and talk to anybody. And it's, it's heaps of fun. But I'll warn you, I'm not... I'm not anointed to be the, the next Mac or anything like that. I think there's probably been about 10 people who thought that they'd be the next Macca during Macca's career because he's been around for so long. But to me, it is just so much fun every time I get asked. And it's one of those things that you go, oh, you know, yes, I get a chance to, to spend four and a half hours with people again. One of the things you mentioned there was about how you get to choose your own music and it's got to be Australian. <laughs> yes. And so you've listened to our podcast. What We've asked this by a couple of guests, but what's your viewpoint of the intro music? I might get myself in trouble with some of my ABC Rural colleagues because I know some of them have been quite critical of your music, but uh, I like the harmonica. I think it works well. I think it's uh, it's here to stay. It'll be, uh, you know, a bit of the, uh, as they say in the business, a bit of branding for your show and you can't change it now, can you? No, you're a good egg. I knew there was something good about you, Warwick Long. I knew we had to have you on for just to demonstrate. Again, like I spoke about before, the silent majority, Warwick, that, that have good taste and know what good music sounds like. I can tell you, uh, Matt, that I did get in trouble. I've been in trouble from the same listener, Josh, in northern Tasmania, if you're listening, this one's for you. He rings up every time I fill in for Macca and complains about my lack of clarinet music um and lack of lack of big band as well so maybe my taste is not up to the standard though so you'll need to uh, that just go that just go i was going to say about when andrew said about the social media criticism of macca and i actually I, I quite like listening to macca as well myself but and i just thought i'm going to walk straight into this one i know but i think maybe the social media demographic isn't quite macca's demographic and um and i'm probably erring more to the to the age group that macca's demographic is in so so that's probably why um, you know, the criticism on social media is towards him. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got, a, like you said, Warwick, a, a cartload of, um, of supporters. Uh, yeah, oh, certainly. He, he has the amount of people who love what he does is actually so much larger than I think a lot of people expect to. And if you want to know how life can come full circle, I didn't mention this in my previous uh, in rundown of my CV to you guys. One of my first jobs ever in Broadford was directing cars to be parked at the Broadford Country Music Festival, where the headline act was Macca. 
So <laughs> now I get to do the show. And now sometimes I do exactly. Now I run the show. So there you go. There you go. Speaking of coming from I, I was just a waitress in a cocktail bar. Oh, here we go. <laughs> You're too young for that reference, Andrew. Um, I don't know. I think we might have, Andrew, exhausted. Uh, Warwick's been very generous with his time. Uh, and I'm sure he's got lots of other busy things to do, I think, unless you've got other things. Oh, he's, he's, he's probably not. He's, he's got two weeks off. Oh, that's a good point. So you're starting, you're starting the, the, the Vic Country Hour is going to be on the 16th of April is when you first go, right? 19th. 19th of April will be the first show. I think we're doing a pig industry outside broadcast. Uh, we, I, I actually want to raise a point of order here. <laughs> oh, well, You shouldn't have mentioned that because I recently spoke to a journalist from the ABC. I think his name was Warwick Long. Uh, and I and I did a very good interview on African swine fever, and I believe it got cut off and it hit the cutting room floor. Oh, I think you found a room somewhere, Andrew. Just might. Yeah, the, the I, think it's, I think it was called the refuse room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an, you do raise an interesting point. I reckon I'd do not yours. I think yours got applied, but. I reckon there'd be something like 10 to 15, probably more interviews that you do a year that don't actually make it to air as well. Funnily enough, be... mine's makes it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yours made it, but anyway. I told my mum and everything. I said, <laughs> mum, you know, she had to wake up at two o'clock in the morning to listen to the country hour. So she's sitting there at home in, in a cold, wet, snowy day in Scotland listening to the country hour. I said, you weren't on it, son. You've disappointed me. I mean, we don't, don't don't come home to Scotland, son, because you've disappointed the family. So anyway, but but if you are looking to cover that, nothing's actually changed really since the interview. So you could probably just rehash that one. What was I saying about not caring about criticism? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so so Warwick, just before we before we end it and close it off, just a few thoughts. You know. What's it like being on the opposite side of things? It's great. Not, not being in charge. That bit I don't like. It's much <laughs> it's much nicer having your finger on the the fader when you have a phone call or someone that you're speaking to. Um, I haven't been able to do that on the conversation now like lately. So that's always a nervous moment when a call is going in a direction you don't want to know. But no, this has been fun, guys. You've been very gentle with me. So thank you. <laughs> there you go. You take that as a comment. <laughs> <laughs> I was told to behave. And and I guess you know you're we 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 run a, a podcast and the reason why we run this podcast is literally just to have fun, um, and we and I think we do have fun, Matt, for the most part. Mm. Um, have you got any tips from a? I don't know. You might not be able to tell us because we might start stealing your funder. But have you got any any tips for for two budgeting unprofessional, you know, podcasters? Keep doing what you're doing. Fun is a great, fun's underrated. People think that you need to be serious all the time. And you see this come through a lot of our programs too. Now you can laugh with someone if they're being funny. You can be a human being sometimes in interactions with that. You've got to, you know, consider, well, certainly for someone like me, you need to consider where you're standing with bias and so forth. It's a bit easier for you guys to to state your claim. But no, fun's, fun's great. And talk normal and just chat and that's right. I often say to new rural reporters and so forth, there is no such thing as a radio voice. Um, you just talk. Well, there's definitely not a radio voice here. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I want to I want to ask that question to Matt as well. Matt's just done a media training course over the last couple of days. While whilst I've been 
holding the fort, looking after running everything. Matt's been away swanning around Bendigo till one o'clock in the morning. Uh, but you did a media course. But what, you know, you don't get away to go on holiday for free. You've got to tell us, give us some advice as well. Tell us what you learned. You know, oh, t- well, tell Warwick and I. Warwick was spot on, actually. One of the key uh, things that I took out of the particular course was actually, particularly when you're doing media, is to um, bring your personality and your experiences into the media interview. Um, I think it's one of those things that makes that connection a lot more and, and certainly... Um, you know, that's the that's one of the keys I took out of it. Obviously, Andrew and I do a bit of media, but on from from the side you're on now today, where we're getting asked the questions, uh, and I think you're spot on. I think the, the listener, and we see it a bit with the podcast, Andrew, when we get out and about now, and we have people. I had I had a few people come up to me at the actual conference that are that are listeners, and it, for us, because it's a because it's a kind of a fun podcast, we don't expect to have the, the reach, obviously, of something like the ABC yet. Um, <laughs> but um, but you know, when well, you do once, get some... once they disband, it will be fucking up yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> when you do get someone come up to you, even from a, from our podcast perspective, it, it's nice to hear the feedback. But and it's yeah, but it's it's kind of a bit surprising. You kind of don't realise. Well, we do this and put it together as a bit of fun and enjoyment, and we and because we get people on that we like to speak to. Um, but but you don't you forget people are listening to it, and then when you have someone come on and have a chat to you about it, you kind of go, oh yeah, that's right, we put that out there for everyone. Um, and so yeah, I think. <laughs> Oh shit! What if my mum's listening? Yeah, but but people do. But well, one of the guys came to me. Lockie came to me. It's a, it's a listener, um, and he goes, "Oh, do you guys actually really have a pig farm?" Like he, he didn't think we actually did. He, he thought it was just part of the bullshit we say. But um, you know, so uh, one one person at one point also said, "Oh, so do you guys have a script?" And I was like, "No." Does it sound like we have a script? And uh, my 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 main idea we haven't actually gone down is basically just having a six pack at the start of everyone, uh, but we've sort of moved away from that as we start to record during the day instead of the evenings. Uh, mm. But yeah, there you oh, go. I, I didn't know I was missing out. <laughs> wow, we thought we'd have to follow the ABC rules. We there was know. a couple. There was a couple of podcasts early in the piece that we did of a nighttime on a Friday, Warwick, and um, there's one in particular where I think Andrew was at the, the latter end of a bottle of red wine, and you, you can kind of tell the fighting Scotsman or fighting Irishman, whichever way, it was starting uh, to come out a little bit. What, what, what did you say earlier on two minutes ago, Matt? He says, you've got to bring out your true personality. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think probably we've, um, like I said, Andrew, we've exhausted a lot of Warwick's time. I reckon we, uh, we should let him go and do proper radio stuff. Well, thanks very much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so honoured to have been on this podcast. Yeah, you, you, you won't say that until, once you get all the criticism and feedback. Yeah. <laughs> and then once Aita listens to it and says, nah, sorry, Warwick, mm-hmm. you're, yeah. you're, you're going to Christmas Island to do the Christmas Island country, are we? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, do you want me to do the, the finish up? Before we hit the, the, the music as endorsed by Warwick Long, I'm going to put that on the podcast. Uh, listeners, thanks for uh, thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this uh, conversation, um, let your friends know, family as well. If you didn't enjoy it, tell your enemies about it. We love uh, everyone to listen. Uh, Warwick, thank you very much for um, on a very busy day for you to come and um, spend some time with us is, is most appreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, good luck with the uh, good luck with the new gig. We'll be listening in avidly. Thanks very much, guys. All right, see you when you got nothing on. Ciao for now. 